outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. Once again, this weather sucks. It's just dreary. It does suck. Storm. Like it's. It feels like. It doesn't feel like storm weather. It looks like. It like when I stepped outside to get in the car to drive over to the Vanessa house. Which shout out Vanessa house, taking good care of us as what? always on every Thursday around five thirty or six. Eighth Street and where? Eighth Street and Broadway, or whatever that back road is over here that I usually come from my apartment. This is down. how I explained it to someone that asked. It's across from the Oklahoma City Law School. People know where that's at. Believe it or not. The Oklahoma City Law School. Yeah, I think that's where I think that that is the building that's right across the street here. Well, there's a church right here, mm-hmm. and across the little castle-looking building. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. There's a few little castle buildings, looking buildings down. I've heard Oklahoma City Law School's tough. I can't even skip. I can't even spell law school. Speaking of law school, you see the stock market today? Oh, we gonna do stonks like right stonks. At the, right off the bait, right off the gate? No, I just figured I'd mention it. Oh, please, please, by all means. Well, I'm, no, I'm, I need to say RIP to all my homies out there that got crushed today. Well, they live to fight another day, right? <laughs> By the way, that's key to know. Loss on paper, right? That's the that's the mentality. Buy the dip, BTFD. Yeah, aren't you supposed to hold the line? Hold Dogecoin, hold <laughs> the line. What, okay, what does the diamond hands thing mean? Oh, um, I, just I, for like an so like someone that so the market dropped like i don't know, i don't from a this is the only perspective that i look at it from spy dropped like three percent today like people that hold through this and don't sell <laughs> it's like okay we could be <laughs> dropping from you know 20 to 30 percent who knows how far this could go is i mean i don't think it's going to but it's crazy yeah as people know patron sucks hey if you little stock tips Hit me up. No, I'm kidding. Don't hit me up. But I do have an idea for you in my DMs if you guys go what you guys want to. Well, there you go. I mean, isn't it just accepted gambling? At this point in the last year, yeah. Okay. Okay. A little more, little more, little more secure, it's I pr- guess. It's you prob- can control a little bit more. It's probably why I never really got into it because, A, I'm broke and don't have any money to invest into anything. I can't even invest in celery for I'm my crushed. refrigerator. Poor I'm people. You see, poor, uh, I know we don't want to mention his name too much, but Portnoy lost like a million today, or allegedly. The former drummer from Dream Theater? Yeah, that guy. Oh, that, okay. That one. Yeah, Dave. Mike Portnoy. Okay, that's Dave Portnoy. Oh, okay. okay. There's yeah. a Mike Portnoy that I know. <laughs> no, like I said, that's Keegan Renault. I'm Brady Trantham. It's the Inside OU Podcast Thursday freebie edition from Vanessa House, our favorite. Someone answer the phone. The phone is ringing off the hook. This is not a tel. This is not a telethon or whatever those things were called. This is great radio. Um, yes, <laughs> radio podcast. Yes. I guess going back to the the original thing with the weather, like when I got in my car, it looked like the minutes leading up to it's either going to be a severe storm or potentially tornadic weather. But it feels like fall. We but talked about feels, this on Tuesday. But it feels like fall. It's weird. Like it's 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 fucking with me. Like I'm I'm kind of got this feeling like I want to come in this podcast and talk about a football game. Like, I'm kind of jacked up a little bit. Yeah, I'm starting to hit. I don't know if it's the slush fun that I'm drinking or. Oh, yes. The slush funds are canned now here. We at love Vanessa. talking about slush funds to you, don't we? Is that also a stock market <laughs> thing? Yeah. So, <laughs> unless you don't even know, Vanessa finally got their slush fun beers canned. So, you can mm-hmm. take them home for your drinking responsibly pleasure they've got raspberry truffle which we are drinking we're on our second one raspberry is my favorite flavor it's so good and i so good keegan i think you described it as dangerously good yeah it's one of those drinks that if you're out in you know new orleans or 
you know, maybe Atlanta to say, but mm. you, you just keep drinking them and you drinking them and then you go, oh. Are you saying we should road trip uh, to New Orleans for the Tulane game with a 12-pack of this stuff? Brady, that is the best idea you've had yet. Just you know, Do a just, live show from Bourbon Street? Yeah, we'll just go to the hotel, take a nap for about 20 minutes, then wake up, podcast there, drink six of the 12, and then drink the rest of the six on Bourbon Street. Raspberry truffle, very, very good. And then they also have cherry cobbler. I'm not a big cherry fan, not even cherry pie. Just not, I don't really like cherry flavor, uh, but I've been told that it's probably more popular than raspberry truffle. So there's that. They also have a new IPA, Battle Boats, which I had two, and if I can remember correctly, which I can't, yesterday, I had maybe two or three. Very good, and I feel like when we started doing these shows from Vanessa Keegan, I would always say, like, I'm not really a big IPA guy, but now we're, what, 12, 13, 14 shows at Vanessa into this thing, and I still I, haven't I'm kind out. of an IPA guy now. Are you really? Yeah, they're good. I'm a big... Like, I'm not going to sit here your and say... Your palate changes slush, as you get older. slush fund. Yeah, that's what people say, right? When I was your age, I was just drinking Bud Light. Bud Light. And Coors, Red, Coors Red Coors Stripe. Light. Red Stripe was... You were a Red Stripe? When I was feeling a little fancy, I'd, I'd drink Red Stripe. Or, like, I also drank a lot of wine because I was a waiter. I'm a big wine guy. I'll admit that. If I can get a good glass of wine, I'll drink it. Cabernet, the drier, the better. Um, but, no, this slush fund's really good. I mean, really good. Not, not great. No, I'm kidding. It's great. No, I haven't had, and we've talked about this. There's only been one beer that I've I actually kind of talk about in the podcast, but <laughs> accidentally, uh, <laughs> there's only been one thing I've tried here that I've been eh, you know, about everything else has been fantastic. Uh, you know, I love the 89 Lager. That's the one that I drink. But uh, what what is the uh, cerveza that you that you have? Oh, the Destination Wedding. Oh, that's a fantastic. Yeah. Especially whenever they fix it up right. You put mm -mm -mm. a lime or two in there, it is so refreshing. Mm -mm -mm. Even even in the dead of whatever kind of season this is, because it sure as hell ain't winter. You know, Brady, but it's o it's Oklahoma in February is what it is. I think we have to lay this out. I I drove up today, and I was disappointed. Well, I was scared, a little disappointed. <laughs> I was a little afraid. <laughs> I, I thought this place was closed. Vanessa's not closed, guys. Yeah, you called me right when I was crossing 23rd, which is kind of stressful in and of itself. And you're like, hey, is Vanessa open? And as I'm crossing 23rd, I'm like, uh, what? And then I stupidly got to a stop sign, uh, uh, but I pulled up my phone, looked at their Instagram to make sure that they hadn't randomly closed because I would have felt bad sending your ass all the way from Edmond Heights Easy, <laughs> easy, easy. We're not. We are not of the normal Edmund pop. We're not in uh, old Edmund. We're not in North Edmund. We're not in South. What is it? South East Edmund would be the better way to put it. We're not. We're not in any of those areas. Fair enough. Used to be. May as well just be North Oklahoma City. Kinda. I mean, not even. To me, once you get to Northwest 122nd, you're in Edmond. See, that's the thing. Is like, as growing up in Edmond, I didn't know the roads by that. Like, I don't know where Northwest 122nd is. I can tell you where off I... Off Broadway. So if you go to the station, the franchise station, which is off Britain, if yeah. you go one more mile okay. north, that's 122nd, and then there's... Uh, but in Edmond, 15th and 33rd and 2nd turn into these 100-digit roads that I have no f clue what they are. No clue. No clue. It's kind of, it's, I mean, you know, move out to Cash in Oklahoma, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to pull off at, you know, 216th Street. I don't know where the f that's at. 
I don't know where anything is. <laughs> Uh, and especially once I get more, uh, a little bit deeper into this raspberry truffle, I'm not going to know. You, you know who else doesn't know where they're at? Uh, Buki. That's one. Or, or big, big, that's a good call. Big Cat Bryant. Him too. That's another good I one. Just pick, uh, they're just kind of floating around in like space right now. Russell Wilson. You see that shit today? Uh, I woke up to see that he may have wanted to be traded to the Dolphins, and then like hours later, it was refuted that he he if he wanted to get traded, it'd be to oh. like four teams, none of them being the Dolphins. As as you know, I am I love great PR moves. So still holding out hope for Deshaun Watson to Miami. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Why not? I, they Texans here. I, ben explained it on the Patreon pod with great bump bump bump, but. The Texans are basically like, okay, sit out. You're gonna pay us to sit out. Like, if if he sits out, the Texans are they're literally making money doing that because they're gonna be able to find him for not playing. So they're just gonna hold out and just be like, okay, well, if no one wants to offer us two firsts or whatever it was, whatever the pricing price tag is. No, the uh, Russell Wilson stuff today was fantastic. I mean, job well done, Russell Wilson. I, I, I don't know how to give you a round of applause while I'm doing this. Maybe Brady has an edit of audio. But the, uh, the fact that he basically leaked out, yes, I had a meeting. I was very frustrated. No, I didn't demand a trade. I did not demand a trade. But if I did... <laughs> I would he go to Dallas or Oakland or Chicago of all places. What was the other? What, what was the other place? Anyways, you know I love fine PR work, and you know I like to call out Oklahoma every time that they do great PR work. He pulled. He pulled an OJ. He got off on what, double murder, and then wrote a book that said, "If I had done it, <laughs> this is how it was going to go." No, 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 no. One more time for Vanessa House. Uh, the weather is slowly but surely improving. The days are getting a little bit longer. And with good weather, they'll open up their garage door so it feels a little bit more open air, a little bit more safe, but uh, starting to feel a little bit more like normal time. Still got a long way to go, of course, until we can all join hands, hug each other. I expect this place to be packed in the fall. Oh, I, I, that is that is an absolute dream of mine. Packed. But please feel free to come stop by Vanessa House whenever you're in uh, downtown Oklahoma City if you want a good little beer. Uh, should be somewhat good weather this weekend. So uh, what's stopping you from coming on down Friday, Saturday, or whatever? So uh, come say hi to our good friends at Vanessa House. Tell them inside OU sent you, and maybe they'll um, they'll just put it on my bill. And then I'll come up here and say, <laughs> I'll come up here and like, all right, Brady, you owe four hundred dollars. And then I'll cry. One, I guess, two more quips before we get into the trivia question segment that we totally forgot to do last week <laughs> start a new segment well, well, forget about it oh well because you know my brain you know too much vanessa house now um wanted to ask some f- good folks who are bored on their phones listening to this podcast um uh, hey if you haven't commented or if you haven't um reviewed or rated the podcast just yet please do so we're at 88 reviews would love to get to 100 by spring football. That would be great. It just it's a it's an eyesore to see that it's in double digits and not triple at this point. Um, five star reviews always help. We would appreciate that. Please, please, please. And then Keegan will send you like a kiss emoji, a heart emoji in, in the DMs if you request it. But you have to have over 100 followers, otherwise he's just not going to see you. That's not my rule. If it if it was my way, Keegan would talk to everybody equally. 
can't all get what we want, though. Listen, listen, listen. I it, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. I will watch it, but if you respond to me with something stupid and you're under 100 followers, I'm going to ignore you. Those people that have like 780 following to 80 followers and they've got Christian, some other stuff in their bio. Am I getting a little too much? Too far? No. Too far? I, no, I, I read too far? No, 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 no. I read something. Uh, apologies. I read something. I uh, think I may have wide-eyed you the same thing. Uh, yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about that at all. <laughs> yeah, <though>. let's not. <laughs> On Inside <laughs> OU whatsoever, uh, unless World War Three literally started. Uh, the last thing, I just wanted to uh, put out the tease feeler uh, for everybody that is... Feeler? Feeling me? Uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit later and you'll get a few more of these <laughs> raspberry truffles. And, you know, who knows? Um, you know, we've got uh, quite a few patrons for our Patreon page at this point, which we are incredibly thankful for. Um, Keegan's done a very good job of getting great guests on. Benjamin Albright, Shane Beamer, uh, working on some more. <laughs> we'll even talk about uh, some of the deleted scenes that... Uh, weren't able to happen because it's now somewhat in the OU cinematic universe, which is not my phrase. That is Grant Benson's phrase from the West of Everest podcast in terms of other OU podcasts, but we'll get to that later on the show. Keegan's done a great job. I'm trying to work on some stuff uh, for our Patreon page as well, but uh, in the spirit of not <laughs> getting in trouble for anything, which we're in no danger of that, probably going to change the name of the Patreon page. So it, it's still going to be like the exact same thing. It's still going to be everything the same. It, if we get to do it our way, it's just the only thing that's going to change is the little picture podcast logo that pops up in your feed whenever we put out Patreon content. So that's just wanted to put that out there. I'm not going to reveal what the name is just yet, working on some stuff as of right now, but when everything's ready to be launched, we will let you know, of course. And then if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon page, please do so. Uh, in addition to all the fun content, you're also just helping us out. And uh, we want to keep doing this. We want to do a lot more uh, fun things for you guys, uh, things that we've always wanted to do, Keegan and I, just to uh, because we love OU football. We love covering it. We love talking about it. We love talking sports. Man. Uh, talking sports, uh, talking stonks and weather and beer. All those. There fun won't be too much stonk talk, but I'm real. I'm for real. If, if you guys want to get into that, hit me up. My DMs are open? Of course. Hey. DMs are always open. But yes, uh, patreon.com slash insideou for all that. We will greatly appreciate it. And we're almost to 100 patrons as well. And so more patrons means better cool stuff, better equipment potentially. You know, some of that money is going to be able to go back into the product for you guys. And then hopefully, because I want to start giving some stuff away because I like making people happy. So help us out. We'll help you out. That's that. Keegan, please take it away with the uh, trivia question that we totally forgot last week. I got to think of a cool lead up into this here as we continue on. But regardless, Brady, I know you're a football historian of OU football. You do nothing but want to know what's going on. Of the topic that's going to be discussed next, there has been nine, I believe, nine or ten. So I'm, don't quote me on this. We will find it out at the end. But I'm pretty sure nine or nine five-star defensive players that have signed with Oklahoma since rivals recruiting rankings began. Nine. 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 Five-star five defenders that have signed with Oklahoma since recruiting rankings have started. That includes the 2021 class that was just signed. Okay. The first three should be – the first 
or six of these nine should be really easy. R.J. Washington. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, as a, I'm talking purely uh, from a football perspective. I don't know him as an individual, as a human, but in terms of football, one of my least favorite <laughs> Sooners to ever watch play. Uh, Jamarcus McFarland. He might have been a Rivals five-star and not This a is, you know I only use Rivals. Okay. Because, so in the Rivals era, you say, what, what was that? Jamarcus McFarland. I don't believe that is correct. I think he was a five-star with something. He might not have been a consensus one, I guess. Um, okay, so RJ Washington, Smoke Patterson. Five-star that signed with Oklahoma? He did sign with Oklahoma. He just never... <laughs> I, it may have been before because was, it was before two thousand. I don't know if that was before two thousand two, but uh, I don't. He, I do he, not have a Smoke Patterson on my list. Okay, uh, he would have been a mid two thousands. So, hmm. The, like I said, six of the nine should be fairly easy. Buki, one thing. So I've got three, two. two okay. Do I have three strikes? Because I already have. I guess I have two strikes. Right no, now. you're good. You can just. You can just. Now, I'll give off because, like I said, I didn't specify that it was rivals or not. So I'll give you that. I'll Caleb, give you Caleb Kelly. There you go. There's one. Mm, Jordan Phillips wasn't a five star. Nope. No, he wasn't. Oklahoma landed only three between the 2008 and 2021 God. class. God. Uh, Clayton Smith was upgraded. Clayton to Smith was a five-star. He got upgraded to five-star on rivals. Jamarcus McFarland ended up as the 36th best player in the country, and that might be the meanest profile picture I've ever seen <laughs> of, wasn't a, of he, a kid. Wasn't he a, an assistant coach? Was he an assistant He's coach? He's currently an assistant coach somewhere. Was he with OU for a second? He is at Stephen F. Austin, and he okay. was at OU as a uh, quality control. Yeah, that's right. And uh, graduate, I believe, defensive assistant. Yeah, he, he basically had like a Neville Gallimore career until Neville, Neville Gallimore's final season where he was legitimately good, like the majority of that season. He just was never able to put it all together. Oh! So you are at Clayton Smith. Yeah, so I got, I've got the three since 2008. No, you don't. You're missing. Oh, no, you do. Yes, you yeah. do. You have Caleb Kelly, Buki, Caleb Smith, and you also have R.J. Washington. You have four of the nine. Oh, boy. Lance Mitchell? He would have been to before 2002, but he was a JUCO. I think he was the number one JUCO recruit in the country at the time. Oh, God. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is one of them. You yeah. are correct. Bishop Gorman. You have five. God, this is hard, and this is also sad. <laughs> no wonder they've not won a was national Smoke's title. Was Smoke's first name Chris? Chris Patterson. So you have six of the nine. Okay. I did not go. know that was connected. Have you never heard the Smoke Patterson jokes? I have jokes? heard the Smoke Patterson jokes. I am just, I did not realize that his first name was Chris. Yeah, we, we, we will mention Big Cat Bryant later in this podcast. It's just co totally unrelated, but we will mention. I just wanted to point that out. Okay. So you have six. Oh, boy. Who else am I missing? Curtis Lofton wasn't a five star. Nope. Four I believe four star guy at a Kingfisher, though. That's yeah. really high for a kid from. Two-way Oklahoma. No they may have been Class A at the time. No kidding. Oh, Gerald McCoy. Oh, my God. Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy. That is correct. That is seven. Um, oh, was Demarcus Granger? Demarcus Granger. You are also correct. There that we go. That is eight. Oh, man. Who's that last one? You're not going to get this one. Uh, tell me position group. Linebacker. Linebacker. Zach Latimer. No. Zach Latimer was a five-star. Zach Latimer in 2002, I believe. 
No, okay. like I don't. They they do not have that. I have 2002. Paul Thompson, Wayne Chambers, Michael Hawkins were the highest rated guys. I, I think Michael Hawkins out of out of Maven? Abilene. Uh, this way before my time. I don't know. I don't have Marcus Latimer as a listed Zach, guy. Zach Latimer. Zach Latimer. I don't. Marcus Latimer, running back from okay. Marcus, running back from South Carolina. That, that got hurt. He had two ACLs, but he Shane, somehow Shane tore three of them. Shane can't keep talk. Can't stop talking about him. <laughs> Anyways, regardless, Linebacker. you are missing. You are missing one. I am under the impression you are missing one. I am about one hundred percent sure. Do you have it in front of you? I do have okay. it in front of me. Mm, all right. It's not going to count if I get it right now, but tell me, like, the years that he would have been at OU. He was a part of the 2007, yes, 2007 recruiting class. I don't know if he ever played at Oklahoma, but he was from California. Oh, man. That's right in my wheelhouse, too. That's when I knew everybody. Like, I was a kid, so I knew, like, every player's name, where they went to high school, and I can't remember this fucking name. You're going to have to tell me. Mike Reed. Mike Reed. Oh, my God. Yeah. He came in. Was that the same? He came in with J.R. Bryant, right? Mike Reed and J.R. Bryant, I think, came in. Or was it Mike Balligan and Mike There's Reed? There's a guy from Muskogee named Jonte Bumpus in this class. And that's Jonte Bumpus, yeah. That is incredible. That might be one of the best football names that's out. Like, you heard the uh, Lacoldis kid from... That, th- I like names like that. kind of reminds me of Capri Doucette. Right. So those are just, like, sure. awesome football names. Like, if you're writing a book, a fictional book about yeah. a fictional football team, like, Capri, Jonte Bumpus Capri, is like... Capri Doucette, murders guy on football field. <laughs> Instead, it's on the practice field, and he's going to tweet about it. Ronald Lewis might have been, I mean, speaking of two-way football in Oklahoma, I wonder who was higher rated. Was it Curtis Lofton or Ronald Lewis? He was from Dewar. Yes. I So Cashin actually played Dewar when Cashin was eight-man before they went to 11-man, my yep. old high school. And the stories of Ronald Lewis and Cashin are of just – uh, I, I remember uh, one of the alums came in, and yeah. we, we went on a huge state. A lot of alums came back during our state championship run, and one of them they were talking about, it's like, to this day, like I've watched you guys. I've watched Cashin since I've graduated. I've watched it. There is no one that's been on the football field better than Ronald Lewis. Like, they would, he literally would just dominate football games. Well, yeah, Logie's is in the news right now. Logie's so, is in the news. You're um, right. I remember when I would frequent that bar. Um, never got in a fight. Just I've been there. Just, I've been there three times. I just want to point it out. Like that was the bar I went to all the time because I like dancing. And seven forty seven is not my crowd. Uh, I like the deli because I like live music. And I, uh, for whatever reason, I'm attracted to hippie women. So it was a great place to be if you're me. Uh, but I'd go to Logies all the time. Never got in a fight, like I said. Um, and I would run into players all the time. Like I'd ran, in, I'd run into Gabe Eichard and uh, Blake Bell. Like all the players that were in school when I was in school, Baker Mayfield, right? At the tail end of they my... They were all of age, correct? They were, of course, all of age. Yeah. And, I mean, Blake Bell looked like an adult compared to me. Like, well, I was... Sure. I'm 21 years old, 5'11", you know, 180 pounds. Was Blake Bell coming in the graduating class before you or after you? That's an important... Don't answer that, but that's an important question. Oh, he got there in 2010, right? Yep. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I was a... I was a freshman in college in 2009. Uh, okay. I told you not to answer that. We're not trying to get people in trouble. I mean, already got police investigating, okay? I didn't, I didn't say I saw him when I was 21. 
Oh, uh, so yeah. you were underage. That's what you're saying. No, I, I went in there. You when just I was, admitted to that. I went to Logie's when I, I was 20. I never went into a bar underage. I never tried to get a fake ID. I, didn't I was never had a fake ID. I was, I was always never too. from South Carolina. <laughs> I was always too afraid to get it like taken away and then like have the shame of like my friends go in and I have to go home. So I just never wanted to cross that bridge. But anyway, long story short, of all the players that I ran into that were, you know, they're like Herculean compared to me. You know, they stand out. Everybody there is like normal size, and then you see Blake Bell like running around, looking all beautiful and tall, and taking all you know, taking all the women. Uh, Ron L. Lewis one time was in Logies, and I have, I was, I felt like I was in the presence of a Greek god. That dude was just, I've never seen a more built human being than Ron L. Lewis, and he had a big smile on his face, like whatever he was doing, he was having a good time, and I'm sure <laughs> it just was like. That is the last human being on earth I would ever want to mess with. Did he or Spencer Jones have a better time? Ooh. I skipped a segment. No, no, no. no there's no, no problem with that because, I, like, Spencer Jones and all that nonsense is, like, the big OU story right now. And uh, uh, Keegan and I talked about it ad nauseum on the Patreon pod on yeah, Tuesday. Sh- but to our patrons that will listen to both of these because there's going to be a lot of... Re- rebuffing. Well, I was fully prepared to just maybe gloss, like, just mention it. Sure for today because obviously the um, people who listen to only this portion of the podcast, you know, they probably want to hear, you know, something about it or the majority of them are like me and they just don't give a damn about this story because <laughs> it's, it's rather pointless. It should really only concern the parties involved because it's a bar fight. Who cares? And it's like, yeah, it's an OU football player. And I, I guess I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but it's just the pragmatic way. He's a holder. If it was, Starting quarterback at OU, it would be a gigantic story because it's like, well, if there's a suspension, that will influence some national title picks because Spencer Rattler's kind of good. We said this, though. Like, Spencer Jones has to be suspended for the first game. Yeah, real real quick, I just wanted to point out, like, the difference between Tuesday's pod and today is that the uh, opposing part, or the the kid who uh, did the beating up, (laughs) did the, uh, who handed Spencer Jones' ass, um, his lawyer released a statement, which I did not read, because again, I don't really care about this story. And I guess Spen- this is a this is an awesome statement. Spen- by the way. Spencer gotta, Jones's gotta, lawyer also released a statement, so this is going to be a uh, I guess a civil suit, or I don't know if it's going to be a criminal trial. I uh, again, I don't care. Like color me like just bad podcast host, but um, pragmatically, it's a holder, so I don't care. It's also a bar fight between two twenty-year-olds, so I doubly don't care. And number three, at the end of the day, I hope I hope Spencer Jones recovers and is okay for the rest of his life. And I hope everybody just gets what they need to do out of the legal process and they're able to go their separate ways. This is the statement from Walker Brown, the OU student involved, from Jason Kersey. I believe this was on the released on their GoFundMe page. Jason's been nails on this story, so Yes, and also shout out to the OU Daily OU people Daily. because one, this is from a journalist, and you'll understand this perspective. Like, they're kids. Like, they're gonna make mistakes. This is a huge. This was a huge story at the time, and they mentioned, you know, that <laughs> the guy who beat up. I'm laughing. At, I should not have. Anyways, <laughs> he. They used the words assailant for the Walker Brown like too early, and they got hammered for it by the crowd. They got ratioed really bad for that stuff. But regardless. 
these are kids. They had the right instincts. They reached out to the lawyer. They if were you're trying gonna to sc- figure out the story. If you're going to screw up, screw up on your college paper so you don't make that mistake when you're writing if, for the New York Times. Yeah, trust me. So, uh, you know, we I've made mistakes a zillion times. <laughs> I've, And I will continue to do so. Joe Mixon's my worst nightmare. Anyways, <laughs> regardless, uh, Walker Brown, the OU student involved, his they released a statement through his GoFundMe. This is what it reads. My client would first like to state how much he appreciates the overwhelming support he has received from friends, family, and complete strangers as he deals with the aftermath of the events of February 13th, 2021. Pause. And complete strangers. The fact that they mentioned that is great. As always, there is more to the story than what is depicted in the video. We know this. What is not shown is the original assault, great wording, and battery suffered by Mr. Walker at the hands of Mr. Jones and his his friend shortly before the captured footage. As can be seen, my client's nose and clothing was bloodied prior to the beginning of the video. Mr. Walker was legally justified in defending himself (laughs) in this matter. As a result, Mr. Walker received several injuries, (laughs) including a torn bicep that will require surgery we will make it not make any further comment until the conclusion of the investigation by the authorities before i swing it back over to you i am laughing brady because this is the most perfect pr statement (laughs) from someone like like if i got in a bar fight and someone hit me first and i beat the crap out of somebody i would hope that my statement looks exactly like this one yeah i beat up a guy i've got bicep surgery yeah i nearly blinded the kid (laughs) i was defending myself well, I mean, that's what we talked about on the uh, Patreon pod was, um, you know, like I'm not going to go make make any harsh judgments one way or the other because we don't know what happened before Absolutely. the video was recorded or, you know, we don't know what happened before. We don't know if those two have history. We don't We don't know anything about it other than what we saw and you can only gather what you see and it's not the 100% full point of the story. So if that's true, then, you know, Spencer Jones is going to... He's going to have some consequences that he will have to answer for and deal with. And whether or not that, you know, hampers his status or his standing on the football team, you know, that's that's probably the last thing on his mind at this point. But at the end of the day, this is America. He is innocent until proven guilty. The yep, only thing that we know for sure is uh, there was a fight in a bathroom and he was of the losing party. I don't want to carry over what I said on Tuesday. I may have been a little bit out of line, but I, I feel that way from just a personal perspective. And I, I said this. Basically, the general idea is that a lot of people learned, including myself, and learned a very valuable lesson watching that video. And there was about three things. Um, But the most important one is just stop messing with people. Like, you're all drunk having a good, go have a good time. And it's easy to, I mean, it's easy to say, man, like most people. Now, if if homie over here is hitting on my girlfriend, like, am I going to say something? Yes. But am I going to go, like... Am I going to a bar? Like, don't get me like we talked about this, and this is I'm not saying Walker Brown had any premeditated to this at all about he was going to go in there and beat someone up, but like if you just don't mess with people, like at the end of the day, like you don't get in those situations. And now Spencer Jones, like talking to people in Oklahoma, like I don't know how he comes back from this. Like, and I hate to put it that way, and I'm not trying to mean any disrespect, like, but he put himself in that situation. They released a statement that basically said that he was clear of anything in this thing and it's going to be very tough based on the video we have to know what the truth is and what's not we'll have to see what the legal proceedings are and this is the journalism side of me getting in here and not taking any leaps here brady but again i just i think the moral of the story here is just stop messing with people like especially if you go to a bar because one you don't know who you're messing with like 
Like we, you, uh, I'm about to mention another name I'm not supposed to mention very often on this pod. And Pat McAfee put it perfectly. Like, you don't know who you're fucking messing with these days. Pardon my French, but you don't know who you're messing with. Like, that guy can across from you, if he doesn't have cauliflower ear, now this guy did, he should have known. Like, if he's got, you know, you don't know who you're messing with, so just stop messing with people, especially at bars when everybody's testosterone's going a little bit up. Yeah. Here, do you want me to absolutely try to salvage this story? Go ahead. Because I was actually looking forward to maybe somebody uh, talking about this, whether it's been on the radio or on other OU podcasts that I listen to, which is basically all of them. Uh, but I understand why, because no one really likes talking about this subject. But, no. But I will bring it up because you, you already invoked his name. How can we sit here and say, and this is me just playing devil's advocate, mm-hmm. I don't 100% believe what I'm about to really kind of sure. talk about. I'm just presenting the question. How can we sit here and say or ask the question, like, is Spencer Jones going to be uh, kicked off the team for mm-hmm. having his ass kicked and getting put out on Twitter? How can we say that but then know full well that Joe Mixon, you know, different team, different mm-hmm. era, different head coach. I'm um, thinking more recent. Punched a woman. Sure. And was able to remain on the team. I mean, now, we, I jokingly said at the beginning of this conversation, Brady, that he has to be suspended for the first game. Yeah. Go through warm-ups, sit on the sidelines. Yeah, now look, I guess because this podcast didn't exist, thankfully, because <laughs> I would have been, co- been, I I been, been a, a lot se- of trouble. I would have been a senior in college. Um, <laughs> oh, for the mix-in or for? 2014 was my senior year. Uh, okay, I was I, again, I was, ta- I was thinking more recent, but I'm being very vague, so. Good luck. <laughs> oh, I think we've already talked about it on Patreon, right? Not, not on this one, though. Oh. Well, you have to tell me off the air. Um, I think in absolute hindsight, like the Joe Mixon like punishment and what happened to him, mm-hmm. um, in terms of his standing with the football team, I think it made sense because I think it's easy to kind of see, because um, we've seen that movie before where a player gets in trouble at a school legally, then he gets kicked off, goes to a jun- junior college, for a semester to play football, and then he goes back home or he goes to a different school mm-hmm. and is the same four- or five-star player that he was. And a lot of those players that I can think of right now, you know, they became better people because they just simply matured and got older. Real quick, let me touch on that. I played junior college baseball. Like, the people, again, I I, I don't want to revisit this that whole situation too much, but junior college isn't the place to go revitalize your personal life. Well, no, I mean, look, it r- comes like, down to the individual. He had to face, he, like, I'm not, we're not condoning anything again. I, we are both are much, as we, you guys are going to find out here in the coming weeks, we are much supporters of women in sports. We're much supporters of women in general. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying in general, in terms of teaching a lesson, like, make well, them yeah, go play junior college, like, make them go play junior college football. Like, I've been in junior college. That's not where, like, if you want a kid to learn and get better as a person and learn from his mistakes, this has got awkward. But anyways, that's where I'm at. Are you saying that last chance he was not a good place to, like, I'm telling correct you, your moral Kansas compass? Kansas Junior College Baseball <laughs> is not the place to go. Well, I, again, like, from Unless you're really, absolute really hindsight, because it's easy to just sit there and say, or look at it from the perspective of, well, if he had got kicked off, he's essentially put in a situation where he's just running from the shame part of the punishment. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring up hindsight is because Joe Mixon has, by all accounts, and when I say that, I mean he's just simply not gotten in trouble <laughs> since ticket. then. Ticket thing, that's it. Well, the ticket thing, I mean, I don't even know how much of that was real or true, uh, <laughs> but something happened. But in terms of him, you know, interacting with women or his conduct with other women, um, 
no problems have arisen since then. Mm-hmm. So the whole, you know, if you commit a crime, you know, you have to be rehabbed in some way, shape, or form. It's not always prison, but it can be just through the form of punishment. And his punishment was you don't get to play football for a year, which is mm-hmm. awful for a football player. And you also have to live in the same town, go to the same, you're on the same campus where it occurred. So there is like a shame element. And you know, I, I, I don't know. Since it's, we I want to say this real quick too. The people that say like, we need to get that completely out of sports. I, I, I agree. If it's all in the same, I agree with you. If you're of, of the opinion that Joe Mixon should have stayed Oklahoma, I agree with you. I know we just went down a deep rabbit hole. We probably shouldn't have, but regardless of that, I, I want to. I'm only I'm only asking it because like, well, he's not going to get he's not going to get kicked off the team for this. I know I kind of talked about it a second ago, but just in general, from like a morale standpoint, like how can you come back from that? Like, like I, I don't know how you can't like again. There's a, there's people at Oklahoma that, like how does a person come back from that? Go into a locker room, have the confidence that you had before, yeah. like. There, you know, how do you have the confidence to go and hold a football against Iowa State? We talked about this on the Patreon on Tuesday, Brady. Like, here's a side effect to this. And Jay Bulware and I asked him whenever I was down in Atlanta, like, are you – Connor McGinnis is graduating. Are you, are you prepared? Like, are you already preparing for another holder? He's like, yeah, we – you know, you typically, like a year in advance, start preparing the next guy. Yeah. Well – like, I, I'm sure Lincoln's smart. He's got another guy ready. But could you just imagine if – like I hate to say this, like his Twitter or tick have you all know have you have you seen his TikTok and all? Who? Spencer Jones' TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Brady, it's not good. I would rather the Chinese government not I, have any information on me than they already probably already, already There's have. already enough out there about me. Anyways, regardless, Spencer Jones, like if they miss like his Twitter and all this, if he, you know, Oklahoma guy to the holder, if he's not holding and the guy misses, you know, messes up or something like like that's the side effect of this, if anything at all, right? Like this isn't a big deal. Like it was only a big deal because it's the off season. Barstool's looking for content. Like they're the reasons why it oh, yeah. blew up. It blew up. Um, and you then, know, and then unfortunately, I mean, I hate saying this, but in terms of like news, mm-hmm. hours later, like Tiger Woods got in a terrible car wreck. Mm-hmm. So if this video had popped after the Tiger Woods thing, I don't know if we would have got the same traction. <laughs> Because Tiger Woods getting in a car wreck is much more uh, newsworthy and much more nationally mm-hmm. uh, relevant than a holder getting in a bar fight. Yeah, this simply has died away a couple of days, huh? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, good for and it's, but again, like they don't need they need to from a <laughs> this is not from a legal perspective. This is just me talking. Like they need to do whatever they possibly can to keep this quiet. Well, and uh, if they keep it quiet long enough, there may be some bigger story out of Oklahoma. Uh-oh. Well, I mean, to your, you know, wrapping this up, to your earlier question, like, how can Spencer Jones come back from this if he's not, you know, basically just kicked off the team? Um, it, like I said with Joe Mixon or whoever gets in trouble in one way, in one way or another, it just comes down to the individual. So it's gonna be, it's gonna come down to him. If he wants to get back into the good graces with his teammates, he will do so. He will mm-hmm. actively do that because that's what people do when they want to try and amend for something that they've done. So. Um, fast forward to football season and he's still on the team and he's the starting holder, then I will assume that all those things have been attempted and that he's still trying to work towards it. So if it's good enough for the team, then that's good enough for me and I'm, I don't know him. 
Mm-hmm. But again, like I hope he recovers. I, I hope he's yeah. okay. Yeah, like that's the biggest thing. Like I hope at the end of the day he's fine. He's healthy. I hope um, the other kid's okay because he had a torn bicep too, I guess, and a bloody <laughs> nose. And what's being serious? I was actually getting to a serious tone for a second. Go ahead. I was getting there, but now I can't. I'm kidding. No, I I hope he's okay. I hope that situation gets resolved. I hope you know it's not ugly on either side. You know we've all seen the video. If it's all agreed upon about what happened ahead of time, like, you know, Jones and them, they won't have much of a leg to stand on. There's your journalistic, you know, analysis of that. I, I, I think whenever you look at the entire aspect of this, it's not a big deal. You're right. It's not. But it, it's, it's the offseason. It's news. It happened. It went viral. Again, I just it's I think it's going to be hard for him to come back from this. We'll see. I I he won't be obviously with without an eye for a, a maybe I don't know how long he's going to be recovering without his left eye, but you know, I like is he going to be around for the spring? No, like, I mean, there have been great men throughout history who have worn eye patches. Could you imagine him holding with an eye patch? Uh, I don't want to go down that okay, road. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've been bad. I've been bad. I'll be I'll be bad. It's, it's a weird story to talk about. It, it is. is a weird, weird story to let talk about. Let me segue about. into this. Big Cat, An- another but, weird story. Yeah, let me segue into this one. Big Cat Bryant, Brady, I don't know. Like, again, he's, March he's 1st, lost. He's a lost cat right now. He is. He is. He put, put him on the milk carton. They So the NFL final day for the NFL draft is March 1st. If we don't hear anything that he's heading to the NFL on March 1st, I don't know what the is going on like I what what can you say is going on like so do the smoke Patterson quips do they make sense now a little bit okay um I I think this is again I I I think this is more of a academic issue like I don't want to get too deep into this but it's something there in terms of the transfer and I I think with big cat like the the thing here was is Oklahoma really wanted him he really wanted Oklahoma they had a bunch of stuff ready to make his announcement, Brady. He was ready to make his announcement, and then it went completely dark. Well, speculate. This is pure speculation. Like, why would it go dark? Like, just some basic one. You don't need. I don't need you to deep dive or like to go like psychoanalyze anything. But just any run-of-the-mill situation that's comparable to this. Like, what are like one or two reasons why like it would just suddenly go dark? I think for the most part, you would expect a guy like. If he's confident that he can make it in as a transfer from an academic perspective, like, you go ahead and announce it. Like, you know, Key Lawrence and Eric Gray. Like, we didn't know that they were good to go. And then they showed up in the OU database, and you're like, okay, they're good to go. Like, but they knew ahead of time. This seemed like one of those to where they were on the fence of this was this is going to work out or not, and then they were in that this was going to work out, and then they weren't, and there was just a lot of uncertainty. And at the end of the day, I think you would much rather a guy – be you know I would much rather him not commit or make an announcement Brady and then have to go away than for him to make an announcement and like just be okay like what's going on like why isn't he on campus you know so I'm glad that he stayed quiet I, I think that that's the best route to take from a you know public relations standpoint for him um but at the end of the day like I think if he comes to Oklahoma at this point like that's really good for Oklahoma because got a six foot five 250 pound edge rusher that you can work for a year and he can redshirt and play next season and go get drafted you know so it could work out for Oklahoma in the end I, I again I haven't heard anything from my end of things that have really changed just more of a like we don't know what's going on <laughs> like, 
like if he called Oklahoma and said, "Okay, like I'm I'm ready. Okay, is your paperwork done?" Or maybe like you know like are we sure? So that's where I think that's where the situation's at, and you know, and at the end of the day, it won't be great. I think the other person on the list, and then I'll let you segue into the next one. Another person on the list is Boogie Radley Hiles. Mm. I talked to, uh, you know this. What I, are we I, go, who are we going to find out first? Like one way or the other, they're either here or they're leaving. Buki or Big Cat? Because mm. right now I'm leaning more towards Buki. I, I, I see. I feel like we'll know a decision on Big Cat pretty quickly. Whether it's, if it's not the NFL draft on Monday, Brady, then what is it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> is it Tennessee? Is it Auburn? Is it Oklahoma? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, with Buki, again, I think that... There's going to be a lot of watching, like, from his sake, you know, he's kind of in a great spot. Like, if a team looks like it needs a corner, okay, we're going to go upgrade and go get a corner. Um, and you're going to find those answers out this spring. Like, this isn't – that's the biggest difference between entering the portal last year yeah, and entering the portal this year. Well, I think for Bo- from Buki's perspective, wouldn't it be beneficial to him to make a decision before spring football so that he can go participate in a spring pr- uh, practice regiment with his new team? I think I then think waiting so. and then possibly not because if he's still waiting to transfer um, by the time spring football has be- began at Oklahoma, would he would he just sit out? Would it be like a Trevor Reza situation where OU's just like, we want you to come back, but until you officially announce one way or the other, we're not going to let you practice with us. Uh, yeah, I think this it's, is like weird free agency. You know, it's it's one of those things to where again, I I think I talked about w- that Oak Lake. I think he's still in classes. Like, I'm not 100% on that, but I think he is. So, if he is... Buki, blink twice if you're in class. Yes. Uh, no, we'll get into that in a sec. I was going to say DM me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I think that, you know, whenever you talk about this situation, Brady, it, it's one where I'm not sure, like, Oklahoma is sure. Again, with Buki, kind of like Big Cat, like, I don't know if they're sure, but I think they're kind of anticipating him returning. But at the same time, too, like they don't know. And again, if he's in if he's in graduate classes, to your question, um, you know, to your question, Brady, I, I think that I I would say that Buki's in a in a place where he would rather be in the best position. I think that's the best way to put it. Like he is he could wait it out, and if it's a situation where he can go and start at corner, he'd be fine, right? I, I, yeah. I think that if he's in a in the right situation, he would take it. So I I think that that's why and like Oklahoma, if they you know from Oklahoma's perspective, like let's look at it from this perspective. Buki's not anywhere. Spring football's done. Buki's still not anywhere. He's still in the portal. And you're not confident in Justin Harrington, and you're not confident in Jeremiah Cordell, and you're not confident in Key Lawrence. Is do you give Buki a call? You say, hey, 44, like, I'm sorry Kirk Herbstreit did what he did, but we'd really like you back. We really would like you back. Uh, look, I, maybe I didn't make myself clear the two or 3,000 times we talked about Buki, but I, could, I see how he helps the team. But um, speaking of West of Everest, they gave us a really nice shout out at the very end of their podcast. And Aww. I will say at the very, very, very end of their I'm just I'm just kidding. Uh, but... Uh, they said uh, they said nice things about us, but uh, Lee Benson's going deep diving into Buki's career, is watching every single game, and one of the points that he brought up was um, 
PFF wise, like grading wise, he improves subtly every year. Every year. Mm-hmm. But he also decreased in snaps every year. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? He didn't know. Like like what does that say? He he he's, he didn't really want to say because he, he hadn't really uh, finished. He hadn't even got to the Peach Bowl yet. Uh. He helps the team. He just he shouldn't be a guy that OU looks at and leans on to play heavy amounts of snaps because he is he has too many deficiencies to his game that uh, he can't do anything about. He's not going to get bigger. He's not going to get faster. Mm-hmm. Not going to get taller. And also, if he's on the field more times than not, then you increase the likelihood that he makes a dumb mistake. Yes. So. I I don't know why OU fans are just try, like up in arms of trying to hold on to a player that well you can't really play him that much anyway, so like what's the big deal? So like that's why I had the that's why I had the mentality of if he leaves cool I don't care if he stays cool I don't care I just don't want to see him on the field that much. I think that it's more of a like again like we talk about the NBA right now right like when you and I have conversations about the Thunder and I, I think this is a great comparison you know. Big shot, Lou Dort, by the way. Big shot. Uh, I mean, you want to see the Thunder lose. Anyways, I, I don't know what Patty Mills is thinking. No, I don't know what San Antonio's thinking losing to the Thunder, and I'm really mad at them for doing San that. San Antonio's Regar- underrated this year, but go ahead. They, they, regar- they, regardless, I, I think the point is, like, you know, you talk about the Thunder in the draft, right? Like, the, when you talk to Thunder people, they go, okay, there's about three to three guys or four maybe on the Thunder that you're pretty sure about. Three more than likely right now. Yeah. And you're a little bit worried about the unknown, right? Like, you take a guy in the first five picks, like, we don't know what Jeremiah Cordell is. Like, we don't know what Justin Harrington is. True. We don't know what these guys are. But we know when Buki comes in, 95% of the snaps are going to be great, great football. But, damn it, the 5% are so hurt. Like, it outweigh like, it doesn't weigh outweigh each other, well, which is, that's a need, problem. you need a – I just said it, but you need to use that asterisk. Like, 95% of the snaps that he's out there is going to be great. Like, that's true, but how many snaps are we talking about? Like, sure. It, now, if he's out there for 80 or 90 rep- snaps, then that percentage, like, that 95 percentage drops. Yeah, remember, he didn't start the Big 12 championship or the Cotton Bowl, so that's going to change it a little bit. Oklahoma got a rhythm with Trey Norwood, man. You know, you ride the hot hand. I would. Like, if he, a guy that's playing and he's so locked in like Norwood is, I, I don't know why you don't play him. And I think that's what it kind of fell into in that it's sad it came after really the Oklahoma State game when he got the penalty is when the his snap started to decline. But, again, when you have negative plays that hurt your team, that's going to happen. Uh, but, again, I, I think that I'm at a place where Oklahoma can improve at nickel. Oklahoma can improve at one of the safety spots. But Buki is a known, you know what you're getting out of him. You have comfort there that, you know, for the most part of a game, he's going to be really good. Like, he's really played, like, you know, he's had bad moments, right? Like, yep. but he's really only played, like, two or three bad games, like, overall. Like, the Iowa State game in, in Ames this year, that was his really only bad game. He was pretty good the rest of the season. I still can't get that. I think it was to Charlie Kolar, and I'm not talking about any of the personal fouls. Oh, or the, the missed talk- tackle. Yeah, <sighs> where awful, awful. That's that's just 
Now, like going back to your original point of like we don't know what Cradell is, we don't know what uh, Justin Harrington is. That's that's an absolute fact. We don't know. But like I've said a zillion times, when you're talking about a school like OU, you should be in a position where you you may not know 100% how this player that isn't the starter is going to react um, when he's placed on the field. But you're OU. You sh- you are recruiting the cream of the crop. Do you get all the five stars and all the high end guys? No. But now the guys they, that you now ha- they are. Yeah. Now well, the guys are. that you have should still be talented enough that you should be you should not be afraid to not take somebody off when they continuously make mistakes because well I, like this other guy just isn't good enough yet like no this is Oklahoma it shouldn't be that way I mean there are a handful of examples where co- where players uh, by all reports were great practice players and then they started as a result and then the game would start and they would make mistakes, and then they would get benched, and then the guy would come in who wasn't as good of a practice player, but they were just simply gamers, and mm-hmm. they made all the plays. The easiest example is Jason White. Like That was always the, the kind of going line in the early 2000s was Nate Hibble ran the offense better in practice, whereas Jason White would make mistakes all the time. Then Nate Hibble would go out in the field, throw some interceptions, fumble the football, and then he would get hurt, Jason White would come in, and then all of a sudden the offense would move, and all of a sudden there was, like, magic on the field. And it's like you can't get everything from practice. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about Buki, it's like, yeah, Jeremiah Cradell might not be ready, but he is a player at the University of Oklahoma. You, you, when your name's called, you got to be ready. And that's the position you should be in. I think that we, what we've talked about with these uh, transfers, Key Lawrence, for example, the depth is getting to a point now where I think Alex Grinch and the defensive coaches – are going to have that realistic mentality now. Keegan, like I said, I do listen to other podcasts. And uh, I guess shout out to uh, Sooner Scoop uh, because I guess they're going to try and get to the bottom of the Ramondre Stevenson tweet. For those that don't know, Ramondre Stevenson tweeted something out. We talked about this on Tuesday um, on the Patreon pod. Uh, but Ramondre tweeted out if you – Essentially, if you dogged me, yeah, I Trajan, have it in front of me. If you tried to drag me, Perk or Tredge name when we did that mistake last year, don't DM me asking for an interview or to hop on a podcast. Yeah, so now I'll give you the floor to explain. Well, I'm not to the DM yet, but I'm getting there. Uh, but regardless, yes, that was a tweet about us, which is uh, fairly, which was fairly interesting. I, I will ex- like, I, I like when I saw it. I was I will like, accept us because you and I. Um, do this podcast together oh or me yeah it was about me <laughs> it was about me in general but yeah anyways regardless so th- I, I messaged Ronnie Perkins and I said hey man I know we had a past relationship so I don't know if I need to go through your agency or marketing group to ask this but I have a podcast that you know gets over 2,000 listen episode and would love to have you come on for 15 to 20 minutes to talk about OU NFL draft prep and whatever else and this was his response you was tweeting bad about me during my suspension, so no, nah, I'll pass. Good luck with it, though. And I said, no, what? Whoa. No, I wasn't. I think, and then we'll get, in, we'll get into the rest of this. I, we, we talked a little bit above it, or I messaged him above it. I said, you know, I talked to his high school coach for the story, and I shared the story, um, and, and this and that. Let's, let's start from the beginning. We talked about this on Tuesday, and we both remember this. The morning of the game in Ames, Brady, we were in the realm of knowing that Ronnie Perkins had kind of gone through walkthrough and may have been playing Saturday night. Yeah, there were a few people. Like I think Scoop was on, on it as well. But you, you had texted me, 
It had to be like ten in the morning. Way early. Yeah. yeah. Way early. And, and that was that was a seven o'clock kick, wasn't it? Yes. Was and you kick. you made a post on our Patreon page, a very cryptic one, which prop, <laughs> props to you. That was really good. Uh, but we were checking his Twitter account all day, correct? Like trying to see any clues, any likes, any retweets, any of this. And Ronnie Perkins was still following me at the time. And then Oklahoma loses, and. I remember waking up the next day, waking up the next day, and being like, "Okay, I'm going to go see if you know Ronnie has said anything. Well, you know, I'm doing whatever. Twitter activity. We're not the only Twitter reporters out there, you know." And <laughs> he had unfollowed. He had unfollowed me. And I was like, "Okay, that makes a lot of <laughs> the like, horror." I was like, "Well, that makes a lot of sense." You know, I not wasn't talking in a positive light about Oklahoma at the time. I was more talking about my thoughts, and I understand if players don't want to see that. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, why would they want to do that? But we never talk shit on Ronnie Perkins, Trajan Bridgers, or Ramondre Stevenson. I've talked to multiple people in the last week after that tweet or the last four days after it was set out, including one person very close to this situation. <laughs> and everybody was like, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. So, again, I, I just want to say this about that whole that tweet about the situation. This podcast is welcoming to anybody. Again, we, we, talk, yeah. we talked about this earlier, even getting into the Joe Mixon stuff. This podcast is welcoming for anybody. If there's anything that we ever did, it, you did, I did, whatever, we may have made a joke like Ronnie Perkins' presence and Ames really helped him that night. Like, that's a joke. No, all, all we did, Keegan, um, was joke. we either made that joke, and that was, like I said on Tuesday, it, that's more of a joke about the situation. Yes. Uh, nothing to do personally with any of those three players, or specifically Ronnie. Um, it was just more about the situation. Or... We stated the fact that um, – because I know, like, Jason Kersey was really adamant about how it was stupid that they were yes. suspended in the first place, and I agree with that in, in, in philosophy, uh, but pragmatically, like, it is a rule, and they got caught mm -hmm. and uh, were suspended, and, you know, they had consequences as a result individually that they had to deal with. I'm sure that they were way more upset than any of us were. I know that for a fact. Like, yes. they are way more upset about that than any of us are. Yep. But the fact of the matter is, OU would have loved to have Ramondre Stevenson against Kansas State when Seth McGowan fumbled on the OU 25. OU yep. would have loved to have Ronnie Perkins not just on the sideline but on the field when Nick Benito was getting all up in you know, Brock Purdy's face but could not sack him for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Yes. Having Ronnie Perkins out there would have helped. Having Ramondre would have helped. Having Trajan Bridges what? instead of Obi Obiolo dropping touchdown passes in Ames would have helped. Mm -hmm. You know, So uh, the fact of the matter is, is – yeah, it sucks that they were suspended, but it's a team sport, and they let the team down. And that's not coming from that's not us coming from an emotional angle. That's not us, you know, being pissy about it. Um, I don't even really feel comfortable defending us for this, but we're just simply trying to get the facts, facts out, out there. there yeah. Um, so that's all we would ever say. And at, like you said earlier, like I can understand why players don't want to hear that anyway because they know what they screwed up. They know what they screwed up on. To see a complete stranger or hear a complete stranger say mm -hmm. something, like, yeah, I can see why you just don't want to be a, a party to that. But also, covering the Thunder for a few years, sometimes, <laughs> a lot of times, players will just see Keegan Renault as just media. They see the media as like a, you know, just, it's a one entity. 
So mm-hmm. somebody over here in the media can say something, and then they look at you and think that you said that because you are media. Yep. So we all think the same, right? And look, I'm not media when it comes to OU football. I just say silly things on a podcast about mm-hmm. them because I love OU football. But um, no, like I'm not going to apologize for anything because we didn't say anything mean. Yeah, that's I've, what I'm saying. And like, like I like I told you before we went on air. I've only really said mean things about maybe two people, and it's n- it's not even very personal. It's as close to personal as I can get, <laughs> but it's Kerry Cooks and Mike Stoops. Yeah, Jeff Jeff will have fun with that one. <laughs> Everybody else, it's just like, I'm only talking about you on the field, and that's it. I don't know you personally. So, and I want to finish with this again to the people listening to this. And to the, if this ever gets back to any of the players at Oklahoma, right? Like, like – you came on the pod. If I did an interview with you, like it's going to help you out. Like one from a brand perspective. And again, that's the conversation I've more had with people. Like we're like people that listen to me talk and talk on Twitter and do this and do that. And even when you and I have conversations about football, right about like real tough, like dig in the dirt football stuff. They're really good conversations. So with that being said, this is a welcoming pod for everybody. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. We did a little bit on Tuesday, uh, but this is a welcoming pod for everybody, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, whether it's, you know, NFL draft guy, whether it's NFL insider, whether it's, it's anybody like this is, this, this podcast is not for us. Like the people that listen to this are the ones that want to hear this kind of stuff. And we're going to try to bring them the best information they possibly can. The most intriguing interviews And Ronnie Perkins and I talking about him getting up in, in, uh, in, uh, Spencer Sanders' grill for an entire game would be great. It'd be great. But the caveat, <laughs> hey, the caveat, hey, we talked about this before we came on, right? It could be happening. Could be. Could be. I don't, you, you may not get this reference, but like, you know, anytime we get players, like especially recent ones on this podcast, it's mainly going to be through you uh, because like from a personal perspective, I, I, I don't really want to talk to recent players or current players sure. for the most part. Because they're they're in the shit. Like they, they're not going to tell us anything that you know. It's going to be player speak, basically. Sure. Um, I, when I started this podcast, I did it with John Hoover and Rufus Alexander, and Rufus was great to have on because he is a former player and brings that expertise. But he was far enough removed from the program that he wasn't buddy buddy with all these players or these coaches, and he he would bring a little bit of his you know his passion, and it's like that's what I want to hear. Uh, but. If, you know, Ronnie Perkins is sitting here with us at Vanessa House tonight and I'm talking to him, it would essentially just be like the Chris Farley show where I'm like, you remember when you dragged, like, we picked up Spencer Sanders and, like, threw him in the dirt? <laughs> exactly. And he's just going to be like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, that was awesome. <laughs> that's that's the extent of which, me which, interviewing him. Which quarterback in the NFL are you going to crush? No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't ask like that. But, again, I wanted to say before we wrap this up. Whoever plays for the Patriots. Um, real <laughs> This podcast is for everybody. We're welcoming. We're friendly. We do a great job. Um, and again, I I will. Brady knows this. I wouldn't. We wouldn't continue to do this if we didn't feel like this was a podcast that was like that. To where we could have guests on that are great, that are great interviews. Um, this and that. I, I know. And this is the other thing I want to touch on. I know we may not be throwing the Shane Beamer interview. I do have that up on my. On, I started started a YouTube page. Uh, that is up on my YouTube page. There's eight unlisted videos that you guys don't have access to. If you want those, you can go to the Patreon. But two, the Shane Beamer interview is there um, that I did with him that is on our Patreon. 
Uh, again, I don't know if it's if it's going to be included on this. I don't expect it to. I don't think it needs to because there's been enough Shane Beamer for in the OU media in the last two weeks. <laughs> um, so, but regardless, um, again, this is a podcast. We're going to get guests like Shane. We're going to get guests like Ben. We're going to yeah. get more guests. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I've been trying to line up Gabe Eicher this week to do an offensive line talk, and that's hopefully going to happen next week. You know, talk about a little bit about the Patreon. I'm going to have starting the Iowa State game, offense, defense this weekend. I think if I time this right, and we were talking about this before we came on, if I time this right, the last rewatch will be done like the weekend before the spring game. So you'll. So, whenever it decides you know, to. Yeah, whenever happen. we get a freaking date on this thing. What is it? Uh, yeah, I think they End said, of April? What is it? I, I believe there's an official April. announcement, right, about pro days on the 12th. So, oh yeah, Kersey I think said that it was March. Kersey said on scoop, and then yeah. Hoover put it out yesterday that per the NFL, OU's is on the twelfth. So there's some announcement somewhere. Regardless, um, we're gonna continue to bring you guys, uh, bring you guys good content before uh, we dive into what my latest film breakdown is, Brady. Yeah. So Jalen Redmond's uh, little film deep dive that you went on for about a week. It's all out there on Patreon for the five dollar tier. Which shout out to our five dollar patrons. Thank you all very much. You help us out so much, just like our four dollar ones. But the film review, fairly, fairly, fairly good from the standpoint of I've had a optimistic you know, like when you when you and I have Jalen Rebin conversations, I always like bring up like twenty nineteen Texas and I bring up the fact that I just have a feeling about him. And yes, a lot of it is because of some of the good memories I have of him. But at the end of the day, you know, casual football fans or even diehards like me, I'm not watching defensive tackles every single snap. And so you did a really good job of tempering my expectations to a little bit, but also at the same time, like it's so good that OU's depth is so good at defensive line because it's going to either, it's like shit or get off the pot. Like Mm -hmm. you're either good or you're not. Mm -hmm. And if he's great, he's just going to add to the greatness of this defensive line and maybe even put a, a notch above where it, where you think it is right now. If he's not as good consistently, well, guess what? There are like three or four dudes that are just incredible. He didn't showcase a ton of skill moves. And I think that was the most interesting part. Like even in run defense, right? Like, like if it was a skill move, he was just throwing a guy. He was just brutally strong. <laughs> yeah. The one I've covered one high school football game. Mm-hmm. I freelanced for the Edmund Sun, and it was uh, Midwest City. And I saw him play. Oh, his high school stuff was nuts. And it's like, you know, albeit he's playing up against like normal Oklahoma high school football, you know, offensive sure. tackle or offensive guard. Jalen Redmond was just destroying oh. that offensive line by himself. And I was just like, wow. So I was, so quick background I was at the first real event that Jalen Redmond played at. So he had picked up before ever playing in something. It was at the Metro Teen Camp in Oklahoma. It was a Mustang. And he already had a Memphis offer. Like, he hadn't even played a real snap of football in, like, five years. And Memphis had already offered him. Because I think they were paying attention to him in basketball. So, in the first play, he beats the end with a speed rush. This I forgot who they were. It may have been Shawnee. They beat this, this big, burly kid. And he just beats him off the line. I was in, in Josh McQuistion. This is funny. That was when I actually met Josh for the first time. But... I, uh, him and I looked at each other. We were just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, so with that being said, he's now a defensive tackle from an evaluation, from an NFL perspective. And I think I touched on that really well in the, in that Patreon and on the YouTube. Um, 
how his evaluation is so uncertain from an NFL perspective right now because he was really good at two things. One, using his strength. Two, using his athleticism. That was really it. Like, it's crazy, right? Like, when you go back and watch, like, you're expecting to see just pure dominance all the time from a guy that led the team in sacks. But, you know, most of his sacks came from, like, stunts, Brady. And I, I think I highlighted a couple of them. Or situations to where it's like, okay, you see how he comes in unblocked here? Like, a lot of his sacks were like that. Or it was because Sam Ellinger held the ball too long. Or because Charlie Brewer held the ball too long. You know, it was like, it wasn't that Jalen Redmond was just going out there and dominating the guy across from him. So with that being said, like we'll touch we'll touch on this Isaiah Thomas's pressure rate, right? We I, I touched on this in, on that video. Isaiah Thomas's pressure rate was like ten point two percent this year, and he played defensive end and defensive tackle. Um, defensive tackle after Ronnie Perkins came back, he had just as much pressures from a negative play standpoint. He had just as much pressures whenever he was playing outside. So mm-hmm. Redmond was at six point nine percent in twenty nineteen. That's got to be – I mean, if you're talking about replacing Ronnie Perkins, Ronnie Perkins was at 12%. Isaiah Thomas was at 10%. I'm pretty confident that he can kind of level that Ronnie Perkins loss out on the edge. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. Like, after watching Redmond's tape, like, I'm not – and when people – and I say watch tape, Brady knows this. I went through – I missed two games. I, I didn't have West Virginia, and I didn't have uh, Houston. Houston, yeah. Houston. I watched like all 280 something snaps, every single one from from 2019. I spent a week on this thing, and just it was so wild. So whenever you get down into it, I think the biggest takeaway from it, right? And I, I mentioned this, or no, there were three things, right? That you got to remember. He in 2019 was his first year playing football after blood clots. That's a major thing. Second thing, he hasn't been playing football that long, and I also touch on this. Jamar Kane's now a coach on Oklahoma staff. The guys' hand technique, Delicious. their skill moves from 2019 to 2020 after Kane being introduced, night and day. So he's going to have a full spring, full summer, full fall camp um, with Jamar Kane to work on that. Yeah, because he practiced in the Cotton Bowl, didn't he? Yes, I believe four or five practices yeah. is what Lincoln told us. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a very important. And so whenever you get down into it, but the evaluation from an NFL perspective, right, like – we had this idea that Jalen Redmond heading into 2020 could have been a end of the first round, second round pick. And after I sh- after I went through every time and I showed it everybody, you know, like how can you sit there and say that? Like Ronnie Perkins is struggling to be a first round pick. Like Jalen Redmond's probably a day three guy right now is how I would eval him, like fourth round at the highest. And then at that point, like he is not have a year of football, another year of football under his belt, yeah. right? From health perspectives and, and, you know, he had surgery on his shoulder. I can confirm that. Um, he had a bunch of things going on, but Josh Ellison played last year. So did Corey Roberson. Yeah. And so did Leron Stokes, and Leron Stokes was hurt. Like, those are three guys that, I mean, if Jalen Redmond's not a day two NFL guy next season, Brady, like, those are three guys breathing down his neck this spring. Yeah. And I, I think the element when people, you know, will just casually say, like, Ronnie Perkins is going to be a first-round pick or Jalen Redmond is going to be a first- or second-round pick. I think why they say that is because Ronnie Perkins and Jalen Redmond, they've got some freak element to them yep. where they can make those wow plays. Perrion Winfrey has some freak element to him. Too inconsistent, but yes. Yeah, but – We'll like, get into a Winfrey talk. But later. when you're talking about, like, combines and pro days and drafts and everything like that, uh, if, if you can run super fast – but you don't have the consistent film. Well, if you pop off the screen 
uh, for a handful of plays, and then you run fast or jump, you know, broad jump or whatever, you're going to skyrocket up some boards because someone's going to fall in love with that freak skill set. Mm-hmm. Jalen Redmond has that. So when you're talking about, like, the combination of an Isaiah Thomas with a Jalen Redmond, Isaiah Thomas, you know, phenomenal player and has really elevated his, his status of play, doesn't have a freak element to him. But if you combine that with him and Jalen Redmond, like high-end Jalen Redmond, yeah, oh, you shouldn't should not on paper miss Ronnie Perkins' production that much. But at the same time, yeah. production replacing re- uh, production, I think, is much easier than replacing the player because defenses aren't going to be frightened of Isaiah Thomas like they are frightened of Ronnie Perkins. Sure, or offenses, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive coaches aren't going to stay up at night thinking, "How am I going to protect my quarterback from this monster?" <laughs> now, if Jalen Redmond shows that freak element early and often this season, that's going to be where offensive coaches in Big Twelve play are going to be like, "We got to account for this guy. He's not going to play every snap, but we got to account for this guy." And guess what? That means Isaiah Thomas, Roberson, Perion Winfrey, all those guys are going to eat. So now this gets in the conversation of replacing Ronnie Perkins, like. I'm confident in Isaiah Thomas. Like I, I, I from a from a leadership perspective, from an impact perspective, I think it's fine. Like you got Benito back, you got Thomas back, who from a from okay, when you again, this is from an analytical perspective, right? His pressure rate was ten percent. If you you know, Isaiah Thomas sticks at defensive end, how high is his pressure rate as the season goes on? When yeah. Ronnie, you know what I'm saying? Like Ronnie Perkins was at twelve percent, I would assume Thomas would have been pretty damn close to that. If, if he hadn't gotten swung back inside. But at the end of the day, Jalen Redman is a player that I touch on this, that if that thing we talked about with, with Jamar Kane, right? If, if he has a big offseason with Jamar Kane and he adds those skill moves, his hand, he had a couple instances where I showed where he had great hand work, where he wasn't allowing a guy to get his hands on him. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think that, like, as you said at the top of this, right? It's crazy to sit here and think that, you know, you've got Jalen Redmond, Josh Ellison, Corey Roberson, and Leron Stokes, and you're going, I don't know how that group's going to get on the field. Oh, don't mind me, Kelvin Gilliam, and pardon my French, Jordan Kelly is still in the wings. Oh, Isaiah Coe is coming to Oklahoma, Brady. Yeah, Isaiah Coe is, uh, like I said, on I can't remember what podcast it was, and I'm like, ago, that's, the, that's the dude who I uh, – that's not Mario Williams, that isn't uh, Billy Bowman or Caleb Williams that I'm like, out of this class – uh, I'm in love with. You know, it's funny. A couple weeks ago, you and I were talking about maybe guys on campus that are impressing, and we talked about Clayton Smith. Mm-hmm. It's good to see people caught up to that. <sighs> Have you seen any of that out there from uh, the uh, from any of the OU, other OU sites? Um, I've just I've heard people just kind of continue to hype up Clayton Smith, but I mean, love affair in Norman with this guy. Love affair. I mean, I can remember us even talking about Marvin Mims in the summer leading up to fall, and I was excited for Marvin Mims, but even I was like, if he does something day one, like that'll be surprising to me because he's 18 years old, and guess what he did? <laughs> he kicked ass day one, but it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's Missouri State. And then what did he do? Two touchdowns against Kansas State in his second game. It's like, okay, well, oh, OU has a guy. No, They're good with Marvin Mims. You know, I, I think that at the end of the day – like, I know we're about to get into the final touches on this podcast, but with Jalen Redman, I, w- I just want to wrap this up. I, he is a – I touched on this. I make sure to say this on this video, and I want to make sure I say it here. His ceiling is, oh, my God, high. Like, he could be a first-round pick high. It's apparent. I mean, there's a play where I think it's in the Tech game 
where he throws a guard that's zone blocking, throws him to his left, runs down the running back running away from him that has an angle on him at 6'2", 275, or 270, 275 pounds. That's not normal. That's not normal at all. And so he is his ceiling is ultra high. There's just a lot more work there. Like, as I said this, and I think I said this to you, the sum or the parts right now are greater than the sum. And that needs to get a little more equaled out to where, okay, he's got this great length or he has this great power or he has this great athleticism. Now go use it. Well, great. Now you can cross off Jalen Ribbon from the potential uh, future guest of this podcast list. Because <laughs> you stated facts. <laughs> no, that's true. That is very true. Oh, oh, dog Jalen Ribbon now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, final stuff, Keegan. Uh, recruiting news. Recruiting news, recruiting news. And this is like fully on you because I'm, I'm a recruiting passive person. Get DoorDash? DoorDash Chick-fil-A. Didn't bring us any. How about that? Well, Evan, Evan's a hardworking man at That's Vanessa true. House. That is true. He needs to eat. On 8th Street, Broadway. Yes. Raspberry Un- almost truffle. Almost too slush fun. So then. good. Or Destination Wedding. Can you tell? Well, or if you if you like stouts, Powers Out's really good. And it will uh, uh, drink it slow and make sure you have an exit strategy is all I'm going to say. So we do have some recruiting news. Uh, BJ Allen, Brian, <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Allen. <laughs> you would. Uh, Four-star safety from the... Great town of Alito, Texas. Making a decision on Monday, Brady. It's OU or Texas. It's not going to be good for the good guys. It's going to go uh, the opposite direction. Well, wait. You're going to confuse our listeners because you are Burn Orange Keegan. So when you say the good guys, sure, you're right. You, yes, you, you're I, probably I, talking I about don't Texas. Ex- I don't expect him to commit to Oklahoma. Uh, okay, okay. So um, I, uh, <clears throat> Oklahoma made a real run at this, like. Like, when I say real, like, real run, I was up until I made a phone call last night thinking he was going to end up in Norman. Hmm? I don't expect him to end up in Norman or Austin when it's all said and done. Uh-oh. Well, that can only be one of two schools, or one of three schools, I guess. Name them. A&M, Ohio State, or Alabama. Good good decisions, good picks. Yeah. I think you can name the, maybe, name the one. Maybe LSU. Did you know? Well, you know, yeah. you know, Alabama has flipped two kids at the very last minute in the last two cycles. JoJo Earl was committed to LSU, flipped to Alabama. Jason McClellan was committed to Oklahoma, flipped to Alabama. Both happened on signing day. On an unrelated note, do you think whenever the NCAA football game drops on whatever <laughs> console that they're going to have like what's that call where you buy buy features like online for video games? What what is that called? Oh, I. What? You know, like, so for, like, Call of Duty, like, spend $5 sure, to sure. get this rifle. Yeah, you, like, go into the Xbox Marketplace or something. Yeah, okay. Get, okay. So, on an unrelated note, do you think that there's going to be, like, some Xbox Marketplace thing for NCAA football where pay $5 to drop a bag? Pay $10, you can land every recruit from Alita. <laughs> <laughs> pay $10 to drop a bag on signing day for this five-star recruit <laughs> that you've not even talked to for f- weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I think whenever you're talking about Oklahoma, they've got Jason Llewellyn. We've we touched on him, uh, you know, talking to sources last night. I I think that Oklahoma's going to be pretty excited about that guy. Like at all accounts, from a fullback, we talked about this from a fullback perspective. He's a great kid, hard worker, 
dominant in the weight room, willing blocker. I mean, I can get on. I could go on and on. And then you turn on the tape, Brady, and it's just, yes. Like, from a football guy perspective, like, again, everybody that listens to this podcast knows that you guys hate me on Saturdays and in, in during the season, which I completely get. You love me in the offseason. OU fans love me in the offseason. <laughs> um, but regardless, I'm going to sit here and tell you the facts. I've got a... I've got, uh, you know, I've got a pretty good idea that this kid is going to be a big impact at Oklahoma. Um, I, I think that from a football guy perspective, here's where it's getting. From a football guy perspective, right, Brady, you love guys like this. Like, like we were talking about this on Tuesday, right? Aaron Rubkowski, like watching him on a run play specifically, like not even watching anybody else, just watching Rubkowski back in the day. And is going murdering people. Yeah, there's some. There is a satisfying feeling to that. Uh, this kid's kids off those same vibes, and I'm excited. So I'm excited. The uh, BJ Allen, Brian Allen, whatever Bryce Allen. I, I say Bryce a lot. I think it's Brian. BJ Allen from Alito. Don't expect him at Oklahoma. Don't expect. Him well, that's a shame. Don't expect him at Texas either. Alito High School. And I saw some kid named Hollywood Hudson on the Twitter machine. I don't know if his. I don't know if his first name is Hollywood, if his legal name. Not my information, and you know I'm very privy to that. Uh, there's a lot of people think that, like, Texas is making a real run at him, even though he's been adamant the last week that it's not. And the people I respect that are saying this, they've nailed <laughs> everything from Sarkeesian of two weeks early to the Mike Stoops DC stuff to, and if anybody's picking up TV, oh, you can was, figure out. That was such a wonderful evening. They're saying that Texas, he's listening. Him and his mom are listening to Texas. Cool. Uh, of course, listen. Listen. When Tom Herman, I remember his first season in Austin, his first offseason recruiting, and I remember what everybody was saying. I remember what everybody was writing, and I remember what the general feel on the recruiting trail was. People are going to listen when Texas gets a little shot in the arm with a new staff. But then the season's going to start. And then they're not going to have all that talent, and they're going to be stuck with a whole bunch of guys that we think they might be good, and then a whole bunch of else that's just, like, not good mm -hmm. or average, and then they're going to lose three or four games, probably including the one played at the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma, and then a lot of that momentum's going to go by the wayside. You know who Jordan Hudson's dude is? Hmm, I wonder who it could be. On the staff for Oklahoma, who has Co it? Co Coach Gundy, my dude. Coach Gundy's my dude. I mean, Coach Gundy be my dude too. Hey, credit. I'll give credit when credit's uh, due. Shout out to the. the uh, let the record show, Kale, not not the other one. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, Kale Gundy. No, I, I think this is a guy that. <laughs> I don't expect him to flip. Like, like if the I, Gundy family is going to have so much publicity this year, do you want to know why? Why? Well, because Kale, you know, like. He, he gets as much publicity as a absolute assistant coach can get on a you know during a season. Him and Dennis My, Simmons. Uh, Mike Gundy, you know, is a head coach at Oklahoma State, so he gets a lot of publicity, and sometimes he says idiotic, stupid things, and sometimes he wears stupid T-shirts. But I think I think if Spencer Sanders keeps fumbling the football, I think another I think another Gundy might be getting some uh, publicity as, w as well. He could. I, I wonder how quickly that's going to happen. Uh, and that is going to be a PR uh, nightmare. I've heard a lot of actually good things about Oklahoma State's offseason, which you know me. Like whenever I'll come to you, like I, I have people up in Stillwater that I can talk to. Uh, you, 
last two off seasons, Brady, I've kind of told you that there's been some turmoil behind the scenes. I'm actually hearing some good things about Oklahoma State's offseason, which is funny, right? Because they're not supposed to be as good as what we think they are. So, of course, they're going to be a lot better than what we think they are because that's the Mike Gundy way. Hype. No, we're not going to be any good. Okay, you think we're going to go 7-5? and five? We'll have a 10-win season. You know? So, I, I, the, off topic. We off topic. Jordan Hudson, um, by all accounts, the people that I've talked to that I respect, I haven't been able to see this cat in person. One of the best receivers in the country. I saw Rivals put him at, like, number 161, and I know he was commenting on it. I don't know if you saw that. That's way too low. Like, well, he's it's, a, he's it's a, early. It's early, but, like, he has enough good tape. Like, that's a top – I, I know I'm, I'm literally would be sitting here talking about 11 spots and, you know, picking battles that aren't that important. But, like, this is a top 100 guy. Like, Oklahoma is – Oklahoma is basically saying Brennan Thompson, like – Thank you. You run a 10-1-5 meter dash. You are an elite athlete. We like Jordan Hudson. We like Luther Burden. Uh, we like Talon Shetron. Shout out Talon Shetron. Got a huge jump in the rivals rankings this last uh, last go round to up to number thirty six. I think we said that. I think we predicted that last week. He's really good. Uh, Oklahoma's like okay. Yeah, we have those three guys. We also have our league Brown, Brennan Thompson. We're okay. Like we're 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 cool. Like. Don't go to Texas, please. But we're we're good without you. Like you know, like we're we're fine. There's a reason for that. Like Jordan Hudson's really good. Like he's a he's a he's gonna be a guy that Oklahoma is gonna be happy that they have in the fold so far. I I like where Oklahoma's at with him. He's kind of been a spokesperson for this class so far. Uh, but that's it. I I I, I want to. S- how how carefully can I say this, Brady? He's from Garland. I want to see Sark try. And that's all I'm going to leave at. <laughs> well, it's going to be awesome. I want to uh, see them try. Trust me, I want Texas to be better than they have been the last decade because those recruiting battles between OU and Texas are always fun to hear about. And it makes for more fun games because I can't stand, like, OU Texas is always going to be a battle. But I can't stand it when it's a battle when it's OU is in the situation where you should be up by two or three touchdowns and you are screwing around and letting this average team we play talk, with you. We talked about this last week. Yeah, and I mean, uh, people had very receptive talks to that. Like, they need to, they need to go beat the crap out of some people. You need to crush them. Yeah, this is the year. This is it. <sighs> this is it for this one. February uh, 24th? February 5th. What's today? February 25th. Today's the 25th. In the year of our Lord, 2021. It's February 25th. How many times can we say before the season that Oklahoma should beat the crap out of everybody they play this year? Spencer Rattler would say uh, they need to embarrass some people. Uh, well, he could say that. Well, like it, it would make sense from a development. Uh, see, from a podcast host, radio host perspective, that was really good because that could have really enticed me. But yeah. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Well, like it makes sense from a developmental standpoint this was a young team last year that was learning how to win at the standard of OU um, that OU has and there were a lot of times in the game they looked great but overall the results would say like oh they they left a lot of meat on the table but they did blow out a few teams one of them being Texas Tech and then they blew out Florida who didn't have like a few of their good players they blew but, out TCU and I predicted them to lose but the important thing to remember is, is like it got progressively better as the season went along, 
So you hope that that continues and OU is prime for crushing five or six teams on their schedule this year. Listeners didn't see what I was doing right there. That's okay. We will see. Keegan, thank you. Good try. Good try. Uh, <laughs> thank you once again to Vanessa House uh, for taking good care of us. Good beers. Uh, once again, the slush funds are canned. So drink responsibly. Uh, new IPA battle boats. Very, very good. All the stouts are amazing because I'm a stout guy. And then also, quick little shout out to Destination Wedding because it's my favorite beer here and it's a Cerveza. So as we get warmer weather, it's probably the best one to go for. This was an Inside OU podcast. Yes, it was. Inside. Very inside. Once again, please uh, rate and review. We will greatly appreciate that. Uh, once again, it doesn't take that long. 8th <laughs> and Broadway? 8th and Broadway eighth for and, Vanessa House. Yeah, 8th and Broadway. Here in Oklahoma City. Downtown Oklahoma City. So look forward to seeing all of our friends as we get closer and closer to spring football here at Vanessa House. We'll start asking some people to come on down and have some fun. Make it all the more fun. And then once again, sh- uh, go subscribe to our Patreon page if you have not done so. $4 or $5 get you in for all the fun content. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us out. We eventually want to help try to put some of that uh, money back into the product. We're almost there. We're not quite there. Got some, I got, we've got a couple big announcements coming up, huh? Yeah, uh, maybe something coming uh, name change-wise uh, for the Patreon page. So... Um, Looking forward to all that in the coming days and weeks. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU Podcast. Greatly appreciate our awesome audience. Thank you all so very much. Shout out to Ramondre Stevenson. We love you, uh, despite uh, what Keegan has said mean things about you in the past. We love you. Good luck to you on your NFL combine and your uh, NFL career. And everybody, thank you for listening once again. Until next time, we'll talk to you later.